Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to Geeking In. I am Jay, I'm your party host to grab your bob and your beer or your brew, half for sugar and, ang- and almond milk, just the way you like it, uh, and settle in for conversations about anything and everything going on. I am joined, as always, by the incredible, the invincible, the infamous, our futurist, our Tony Stark. How are you doing, T? Hello, listeners. Hello, gents. I'm doing very well. I'm very happy to be here, as always. Um, and we're happy to have you here as well. And we are also joined by our Mr. Fantastic, our flexible friend, the pyjama prince that was promised. Give us a song, B. Hello. No, that's it. <laughs> sort of like some kind of postmodern music that I don't quite get. Or are my ears too old to get the high-pitched noises that are going on? Yeah, only dogs could hear it. All right. Sorry. Is this the new dubstep? It Maybe. I mean, the bass drop's a little less pronounced. Um, I don't know if it's going to make it into Deadpool 3, but we will find out at some point. Um but uh, we are privileged uh, to be speaking to listeners from Hemel Hempstead to Dublin, to Oregon and beyond. Uh, thank you very much for coming back to us. And thank you for continuing to rate, review, subscribe and share. Um, <laughs> it's been a long day. Let's go. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. This is not the round before it began, ladies and gentlemen. Strap in. This one's going to be fun. Um, and please get involved in the conversation to tell us how fun this has been um, at Geeking In Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Needed a swig of the beer there at that point. Um, and whilst you are there through our um, profile, you will find the link tree link that takes you to everywhere we are, uh, including the Teespring store that has our mugs, our masks and our t-shirts and they are beautiful they are stunning they are come in various colors they will leave you speechless and speaking of speechless <laughs> everyone's favorite mute ninja special forces assassin guy has his own film uh the teaser trailer for snake eyes gi joe origins has dropped um, coming out uh, in a couple of months, uh, directed by Robert Schwenke. Um, screenplay was written by um, uh, Evan Sipilopoulos. Uh, I really should have just run away from these names this evening. <laughs> <laughs> I apologise for for um, both Robert and Evan if they are listening for me. Absolutely butchering the names, trying to give them credit and failing miserably. Um, but sees Henry Golding take over the titular character from Ray Park. Henry Golding? Golding. <laughs> um, uh, and Ray Park. Um, 
who obviously uh, brought the character to life under the the last two G.I. Joe films. Um, this is when Ray Park was playing sort of mute everything, right? They just never let him speak in any of his films. Well, yeah, but you can kind of see why because he he had a couple of speaking lines in in X Men. He had the worst lines of the entire franchise in that film. <laughs> I mean, that's to the writers, right? Did Ray Park just have like a really high pitched, squeaky voice that didn't seem badass? They wouldn't let him speak. I wonder. Has anyone ever heard Ray Park speak? I think it's his British accent. Ah, uh, fair enough. Although Darth Maul had a British accent, he was um, voiced by um... oh, I've forgotten the guy's name now. Ray Park. No, no, no. No, I know. Darth Maul was dubbed over. He had one line, and he was dubbed dubbed over. At last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. It wasn't uh, me that actually did it. I wasn't the one who uh, came into Peter Serafinovich. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. He turns up in the weirdest stuff. <laughs> what an a hole. <laughs> He's so good in the tick as well. Um, he is. Yeah. He is. And in Short of the Dead. And in Guardians of the Galaxy. And in various other things that he turns up. Him and Mark Strong turn up in the weirdest of things. Hmm. <laughs> Mark Strong <laughs> turning up on the radio all the time to tell me to wear a mask and stuff. I love it. He's brilliant. He is. That's he not is Mark Strong. I... That's, that's Sinestro telling you to wear yeah, a mask. Yeah, right. He, <laughs> he went full Sinestro for those bits. I loved it. Guardians, there is one thing we're scared of, and that's maskless people. I tell you, man, that was the best choice they could, the best voice they could have chosen for um, <laughs> for some government instructions. I swear. <laughs> but yes, so this this um, teaser has dropped. Um, I will admit that when this was sent into our group, my initial reaction was. Seriously, do we really need a an origin story for G.I. Joe, for Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe? Um, within five seconds of ninjas fighting mm-hmm. on moving cars, I was screaming that two months is too long to wait for this film. <laughs> um, T, you sent it round. How yeah. are you feeling about Snake Eyes? It's really cool that the trailer dropped only like a couple of months before the film. You know, it's nice. And I know a lot of this has just been COVID delays and stuff, but it's nice not to see something and then think, right, we'll find out more in the next, in four years time. Here's another Wonder Woman trailer. Here's another... Um, Black Widow trailer. You know, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so that, that that's quite cool. I felt like that happened with um, Godzilla Kong as well. It was like, oh, there's a poster. Oh, the film's out. Mortal Kombat as well. Mortal Kombat was very kind of like, this film is coming soon, and by soon we mean Monday. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to drop the first first 11 minutes of it, because that's where all our budget went. (laughs) Yeah. Let me introduce you to the characters that you're really going to be interested in and won't see again until the end. Um. So I watched, well, I mean, uh, yeah, when I sent it in, I was, uh, I was in a meeting, so I watched it on mute. I just rewatched the trailer now. Uh, <laughs> a virtual meeting? It wasn't like in, in front of people watching it all the Because that would be rude, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so it, immediately, it felt like a Fast and the Furious film to me. So I thought, oh, I wonder if it's James Bond yeah. involved or a Fast and the Furious sort of um, 
uh, director or anything. Um, so I have mixed feelings about the director because they are also the director of um, the uh, uh, young adult series, the Insurgents, uh, the Divergent series, sorry, which famously is so bad it destroyed the whole kind of young adult film franchise, you know, the whole Hunger Games and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Because it is just that fucking awful. He's also the director of R.I.P.D. Um, I mean, it managed Oof. not to kill Ryan Reynolds' career because that, that was a good movie. Yep. <laughs> I paused to let you say that. B. I thought you were going to say was... great movie. In fairness, it was good. It wasn't great, but it was good. Um, the director of Red, which I actually enjoyed, the Bruce Willis, the oldies coming back to mm. retired, extremely dangerous. That's the one. Um, and uh, Flight Plan and the Time Traveler's Wife. So I don't see how this is the person for this kind of film. Um, but I guess it is. I guess it's kind of... Branching out? Uh, well, I feel like it's more he's not that expensive a director. So he can be given... And that kind of you know gives me a bit of trepidation about the project. It doesn't seem like this is the person who necessarily loves this kind of work and has been working towards this kind of thing. Um, but the cast looks great. Henry Golding, um, Samara we- Weaving, um, and the guy from The Raid is in it. And that's always cool. Mm. Ico Weiss. Um, it's playing someone called Hardmaster. I don't know who Hardmaster is. Um, but then there's also someone called Blindmaster. So I wonder if it's just like that's you know the master titles. Snake Eyes is an exciting character because you know nothing about him, right? Snake Eyes was exciting because they saved the budget on the toy. So they gave him less paint, fewer paint apps on the Snake Eyes toy so they could give the paint apps to the other toys in that particular um, wave. Um, and that caught people's imagination and became amazing. And then, you know, all this mystery behind the character. Um, and I think that's why the character is very cool. I think it's very cool not to know too much about Snake Eyes. So. That part of me is like, oh, don't, don't, don't give me his backstory. But then the other part of me is like, man, they looked really fucking cool. They were like jumping off of cars and fighting with swords. And I'm really up for that. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, bearing in mind your whole sales pitch here for Snake Eyes is mysterious and no one knows what's happening. The origin story seems a really bad place to start. Yeah. <laughs> Everything you love about Snake, uh, Snake Eyes' enigmatic style laid bare. Um. B, how are you feeling about um, uh, rolling the dice on Snake Eyes? Yeah, it's hey, funny. Very good. Very good. I thought that was clever. I thought that, that was clever. Was, that was better than the intro to it, actually. <laughs> 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 if you re-edit this, that should be the start. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's it's very, very good. As T said, it's, it's definitely got a Fast and Furious vibe. The music certainly lends itself to that um, feeling. Um, it certainly seems action-packed. I'm, I'm hoping that this is not just 30 seconds of just the best bits. I'm, I'm hoping the movie is going to be a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, what, what what we saw is is certainly exciting and something to look forward to on, I think, is it June the 29th? I thought it was July, but... Um... Maybe... Uh, July 23rd. 23rd. I was close. Is this cinema or stream? Paramount, so it's cinema. Only in mm. theatres. Okay. Or this week, it's only in theatres. Um, 
how are you feeling about the fact that Snake Eyes talks? Well, this is going to be some kind of a reveal because obviously we've got that with Nick Fury and the cat. So it's it's we get to find out. So you're thinking an alien might stra- scratch his throat and that's why I can't talk anymore? Maybe. I mean, as long as Ray Park is doing his voice, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Or Mark Strong, um, and and you know, so I, I guess the other part on this is the relationship with Storm Shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, is my worry because again, you know, with very little backstory, and you can kind of build your own. I expected them to be part, you know, trained together, almost brothers style relationship rather than, um, you know, they shared a cup of coffee one time and then kind mm. of one went one way and one went the other. Yeah, you want them to each have half a medallion and then reunite. <laughs> they they showed some of that during the previous, I'm pretty sure they showed some of that relationship during the previous G.I. Joe movies. They did, yeah. You had them as kids. I think it was the yeah. second one. Um yeah, I mean, this isn't the GI Joe franchise, right? We're not we're not thinking of this as a prequel to those ones. It's clearly no, it's a reboot. So they've they've reset everything, but it is. It looks as if this is adult Henry Golding being invited into the clan. So not not growing up in it, not to do with anything to do with anything other than the fact that they've recruited him, um, and that. Then seems to kind of spark the the the, the Storm Shadow Snake Eyes feud rivalry because they've they've both been part of the clan for you know three months of their adult life. Yeah, and him being you know such a skilled fighter so quickly gets a bit weaker as well. So I think that there needs to be something to explain how he has been training his entire life, and that's why he's such an amazing martial artist and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I don't know if many people are that kind of worried about G.I. Joe lore um, and it being messed with and, and sticking to the originals or anything, you know, like I'm the, the big Transformers guy and, you know, I'm con- I'm so used to, uh, we'll just do something different. Actually, I, I, to be honest, I prefer it now when they do something different um, rather than trying to stick to the original lore. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think what you've got is some really cool toys uh, that have left memories with people Um and now you want to tell a fun story about it. And if that makes me go and dig out my old uh, three and a half inch G.I. Joe, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes, then well done. You've achieved something. And for I suppose for you guys, if it makes me buy a new G.I. Joe set, then you've achieved something. And the, the six inch, both of the classic uh, Snake Eyes and of the movie Snake Eyes are both things of beauty. Um so yeah, maybe. B, is this going to get you into GI Joe collecting? You reckon? Uh, n- no. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a no. GI Joe collector back in the day? Uh, n- no. No, my first introduction to GI Joe was was the two movies. Uh, Not the cartoon. Yeah. The cartoon. 
Not, the, no, um, not even the cartoon, no. Those so public you, safety ads? The, 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 the more you know. That's the one, yeah. No, no. Those were great. They always talked about things like um, quicksand. I thought quicksand would be a real big deal in my adult life. It was my dad's big phobia. My dad's big fear was quicksand, was, was, was drowning in quicksand. And that always stayed with me in a whole kind of like, shit, that's probably something I need to be scared of as well. I have no idea where he thought it was. I mean, he grew up in Streatham. I don't know where he thought. <laughs> have you been to High Street recently? <laughs> it, it, but it was in every children's book, every show, you know, don't struggle if you're in quicksand. Or that was just a common trope, right? They get stuck in quicksand. It's a very weird thing. Yeah. There you go. So this means you've never seen G.I. Joe The Rise of Sempedtor. The, no. the G.I. Joe movie. No. No. Oh. Is this something yeah. I need to be adding to my watch list? I feel it does because, you know, a, a film where one of the main baddies turns into a snake and you get to meet characters like Globulus. Um, you know, it's it it's 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 out there. They took something that was kind of sort of based in reality and just went on a trip so i think you've got to watch transformers the movie first yes and maybe before that watch the toys that made us episode on gi joe mm. i'll i'll add all the all the toy galaxy youtube videos on gi oh, joe yeah. i'll add it to my list right underneath avatar <laughs> That's and the, the Toy Galaxy video on, on Galaxy Rangers. <laughs> Just because the theme tune is amazing. I've got it stuck in my head as soon as he said it. No guts, no glory. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's um, definitely one to do. And, and, you know, the, I, I think that you probably could find the, the G.I. Joe film, uh, the G.I. Joe, Joe cartoon film uh, to buy on most places, including Amazon. Um, which is where you're also going to soon be able to find far more if talks are, to be, are meant to be believed. No, was that was that a yeah, little bit? Yeah. You're into it. It's not bad. All right, good. Carry on. <laughs> it was. It wasn't quite rolling the dice, was it? But you know. Um. So it is reported that as the IP wars uh, heat up, Amazon is offering $9 billion to acquire MGM Studios and is weeks into negotiating with the media company. This has been confirmed by Variety. If the deal goes through, the tech and streaming giant will gain access to the 4,000 film titles that MGM own and the 17,000 episodes of television programming. More importantly, it it will get the franchises that they own, which includes... James Bond and the Rocky and Creed franchises. So James Bond could become an Amazon exclusive. Um, MGM's TV library includes Fargo, The Handmaid's Tale, Stargate Atlantis, as well as unscripted reality programs like The Hills, Shark Tank, and The Voice. Uh, It also owns Epic's streaming uh, platform, um, which hosts the Mad Max franchise uh, and the Epic's original Pennyworth and War of the Worlds. Um, it's neither side's publicly commented, um, but it's believed that uh, conversations are 
uh, in depth. There was a report fairly recently that Apple and Netflix were considering requiring MGM. And the move has come uh, drastically following Warner Brothers' announcement in 2020 that it was planning to release its entire 2021 slate on HBO Max. Um, Warner, uh, the um, CEO of um, MGM at that time said that Warner Media's plan poses many challenges by creating distributions and opportunities for content creators, theatrical distributors, but also highlighting the need for IP, even for the most scaled streaming platforms. So you can see how that would have scared them into making a deal like this and finding mm -hmm. them an outlet for their content in a world where cinema has been uh, less than available. Mm. Um, so the, the IP wars continue and Amazon following suit on uh, what Netflix has done recently and what uh, Warner Brothers HBO Max has been doing um, maybe in the, the, the MGM business. Um, B, how would you feel about the next James Bond um, being no, 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 no time to prime? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, as long as it's next day delivery, that's cool. Um, it, it, you know, with Amazon's billions, it, it's got to be good for sort of TV production, development, R and D. You know, um, so yeah, I'm 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 up for it. Any concerns about it? I mean, I know that you are um, out of all of us. You're the one who's who's you know desperate to get back to the cinema. Yeah, um, and and has been probably the purest out of us when it comes to talking about streaming services and things skipping cinemas this potentially just opens the door for even more to skip that and go straight in um I'm, I'm, well mgm have got a big tradition of releasing big screen movies so i'm 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 presuming this will go if they purchase it it, it won't make that much of a difference they will still release on the big screen. They will just have exclusive rights to Prime when it comes to screaming. Um, but this means, I mean, you'd imagine that it follows the, the the HBO or Disney model in the sense that maybe a far shortened um, theatrical window and then on to Amazon Prime, possibly even a month after. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not fussed with that. You know, I'll just make sure that I get my... Um, watching done in that first month you know whether that be once twice three times four times a lady <laughs> t how are you feeling about it yeah um i guess in response to that what you just said b so i think yeah i think actually the gap between something being on the cinema and then being available to watch is is quite long and almost unnecessarily long because then you have this huge period where it's not available anywhere, you know. Um, do you remember when we came out of um, uh, uh, Endgame, and we just what you know, you just want to see clips of it straight away. You just want to see more of it, more of it, more of it. And I know, I know that got a re-release, but you ended up having you know pirated versions with someone you know with a camcorder in the cinema and all sorts. 
And actually, I think, you know, if we knew, wait a month and, or, you know, as soon as it drops off cinemas, you're going to get it on streaming. That would have been, that's a, that's a very sensible model, I think. Um, that said, so, uh, yeah, I think Amazon had to do something. Uh, I was talking, I think, last week about, uh, you know, with Disney's um, Fox stuff, with Disney Star stuff, and them having all this real, real bingeable content, which, which Prime currently has, you know, the need for um, Prime Video seemed, if I was going to cut one, it was clearly Prime Video. Um, and I thought it was things like Invincible um, that made me want to stay on. Mm. And I was hoping that's what they would invest in more rather than, hey, we're just going to buy up an entire studio and buy up rights to stream stream films. We're going to invest in um, just more of our own original programming. So you need to come to us because this is Amazon's own stuff and Amazon's own stuff is wicked. And a lot of this stuff is stuff like Upload and stuff like that, you know. Um, so, yeah, this isn't how I would necessarily want Amazon to spend their money um, because... It, I, I guess it feels like it's not resulting in new content. Uh, instead, it's just resulting in uh, exclusive rights to films, which for our sake, we'll just have to pay for anyway. You know, So we'd have to pay to stream the James Bond film once um, uh, once it left cinemas. So we'd have to pay for it to watch it in cinema and then pay to stream it. I would probably end up buying it off Amazon if that's, that's where it came out. So it doesn't change my life massively. Um, and I think if this is, you know, means less content or less potential content, that's a bit of a shame. But I do agree with you, the whole thing of, you know, yeah, there shouldn't be a huge gap between cinema and then uh, streaming availability. It, it's nuts that that's still there, that that's still a thing, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, we've watched it in our lifetime greatly reduce. I mean, um, you know, back in my, my, my blockbuster days, it was about a year between it finishing in the cinema and coming out on, on video. Mm. Um, so that's drastically reduced. Um, but it, it is one of those things of if you know that the moment it ends, it's released, you know, very, very quickly after that onto streaming, does that reduce down the people who need to catch it in the cinema? Does that almost create a smaller run naturally? Um, because, uh, you know, people are kind of going, oh, that, that looks great. I'll, I'll watch that in six weeks' time um, more than anything else. I think um, cinema goers are cinema goers, you know. Um, like for us, the kind of things we feel like are cinema experiences are, are just that, are things we'd want to save for the cinema, we'd want to watch mm -hmm. the cinema. Um, and that aside, you know, sometimes you just want to go to the movies and, you know, you're not that bothered what's on. That's what you want to do. And I think streamers are streamers. Uh, you know, maybe you can't get to the cinema. Maybe you've got responsibilities, but all sorts of things. Uh, and that's just how you watch movies. And what ends up happening is, is, is HBO Max. What ends up happening is pirating and stuff like that, because that's the only way it's available. I, I think there's there's room for for both. I mean, I I certainly, as you both know, I've I've got a Cine World Pass which I haven't cancelled. That that's I'm looking forward to reusing that imminently. Um, but you know, just like you talked about Endgame, you know, I watched it on the big screen, and then the next day I watched it again. <laughs> the next day I watched it again. I think in that first week I must have watched it three or four times. Um, and then countless times ever since it's been released on Disney Plus, I've watched it, you know, possibly 20 times since then. 
Yeah, and I guess I, I suppose it's a kind of a difficult question to ask because with your 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 past that you have purchased, it's kind of you've already laid down the money, so you mm. can. So why wouldn't you? But I guess the thing is, if you were paying for that every single time, um, and I think, we, I mean, Endgame's a great example because I think we all went multiple times to watch Endgame. I think yeah. I went three times. T? Uh, yeah, at least three. So, you know, that, that's multiple viewings of, of the film in the cinema. Uh, Last Jedi, I know I went two or three times. I think B went about five times for Last yeah. Jedi. yeah. Um, would you be driven to do that in the same way if you knew that you could watch it on your couch in 26 days time? I, I, I think I, I, I think I would because, you know, nothing, even, even without absolute, the past, yeah, even without the past, nothing, absolutely nothing beats the experience of watching it on, you know, a massive huge screen with the sound turned immensely up um, with, you know, a bucket of popcorn and, and a, a, a drink, you know, there's, there's nothing like that experience, you know, where you could completely immerse yourself in that experience. I agree. Watching something in the cinema is an event. Watching something at home is just watching a film and they're very different things. I'm not sure if the business model going forward is, though. I don't know if it makes that that separation, especially with cinemas becoming less viable going forward. I think a lot of this is trying to insulate against yeah. whether cinemas still exist, which is an incredibly scary and sad statement. Mm. Um, one we've been tracking for the life of this podcast. Um but, you know, cash injections and and stuff like that are basically the only reason why a lot of the cinema chains are still going. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see how it works through. But I do think this is a great shot in the arm for Amazon Prime. Um, you know, T, to your point, when we were talking about this last week or the week before, Amazon Prime's kind of the one that was safe for me just because I I pay for free next day delivering and i understand the the, the, the yeah. stupidity if i pay for free delivery but you know what i mean yes um uh and i get a streaming service free with it i don't i i don't see that as me paying for the streaming service yeah. i see that me paying for all of the perks of you know next day no additional cost delivery same same day no additional cost delivery and as a bonus you know here's amazon prime um, and to other people, it's also, you know, they, they get the Amazon Music or they get the data yeah. storage. It's a whole package, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've got a couple of kids with with Kindle Fires and, you know, that's mm -hmm. part of it and all that. So it's all of that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, I, I think it is interesting to see them kind of upping their game slightly um, and bringing more things in. It'd be interesting to see that if they if this deal includes the television production element as much as it does the the programming so you know do they get some of the muscle that mgm television has to create oh, and what, bring what in does mgm tv make you, I thought you mentioned it at the start but... uh fargo handmaid's tale stargate atlantis yep. 
Okay. Um, so I don't know how much of that they're involved in production and how much they're involved in distribution. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as a film company, you'd wonder. I mean, they, they have kind of, um, as I said, Pennyworth and War of the Worlds are the other ones that they've got kind mm-hmm. of exclusivity on. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's um, I think it's going to be an interesting way to to work it through but um it, it, this is the, the 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 gold rush isn't it um ip is is just so yeah highly sought after and you wonder whether there will be any kind of film houses left or whether they will all be under Apple, Netflix, Disney, or Amazon going forward. Mm, it's a scary world. Um, Warner Brothers have added to HBO Max. Did you see this? No. They have uh, combined with uh, Discovery. So wow. uh, they are going to um, combine um, Discovery Plus and Warner Media. And the name will be the, the the chosen name for this will be uh, revealed in the next few weeks. Um, but that's bringing all of the, the 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 discovery programs onto Warner as well, onto HBO Max as well. Um, and also, did you see that Zack Snyder is is? I'm sorry, T cannot listen to this conversation because he's muted the words Zack Snyder, so he doesn't understand what I'm talking about. Um, but he is, um, he's, he's politicking for his next director's cut. Ooh. There is another film he'd like to have another pass at. Jesus. What, what piece of shit now? Watch, is, no, there, watch is there any that you'd like him to go back and have another pass at? Let's see. 300 was his vision. Watchmen, I think he did a director's cut. Sucker Punch, there's no, no cut's going to do anything to that. <laughs> um, I think he did a director's cut of Batman vs. Superman. Man of Steel, I guess? Yeah, I would say that. I bet it's Sucker Punch. I bet he. It is Sucker Punch. punch. He yeah. feels that Sucker Punch yeah. is the the film that needs redemption by a a, a director's cut. Um, of course. I I can sense the enthusiasm from both of you on that. <laughs> mm. uh, Zack Snyder, come on! It was beautifully made, though Sucker Punch. Um, yeah, I mean, true to his form, it was visually, it was, it was mm. all over the place. Um, I wasn't quite sure how that story got past various execs then. Um, I mean, it was, it was bordering on exploitationists at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, we're 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 kind of you know three shots away from a fetish film, so can't wait to see the Snyder cut because maybe those three shots are in. <laughs> oh dear! Sucker Punch is his only original film, right? Where it's not just a 
think it is. I can't think of it. Some of his zombie stuff, I guess, but those are just Romero remakes, aren't they? Yeah, so Army of the Dead is the latest one that is straight to Netflix. Mm. Um, Zack Snyder, drunk with power. We've given it to him. The internet's given him that power. Well done, internet. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> You've enabled the madman. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it will be interesting to see um, how the, 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 the MGM process goes through. As I said, Apple and Netflix were apparently um, interested, both interested in MGM, as MGM is considered to be heavy on intellectual property and light on people. Um, in other words, you're buying libraries more than you're buying the the moving parts, mm. which is which is the problem that that Disney had with its purchase of Fox. Mm. Was you know two people now in every job. Um, but yes, it's 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 going to be interesting to see, and and you know, is this going to create um, a a a very wide and colourful and a plethora of of experiences out there for us to watch or or will we end up wandering through the desolate plains of of ip <laughs> war, yes like uh, wastelanders and speaking of wastelanders marvel has a new podcast series for us so following on from the success of old man logan and old, old man hawkeye uh, Marvel podcast taking us to the wasteland with Old Man Star-Lord. Uh, the synopsis is, uh, in a shadowy alternate future of the Marvel Universe, the villains have finally won, and heroes are nothing but a bad memory. Marvel's Wastelanders, Old Man Star-Lord, finds Peter Quill and Rocket a little punchier, a little slower, and a lot more than they were during the glory days of the Guardians of the Galaxy. They quickly discover that Earth isn't what it used to be either. Uh, when they crash land 30 years after Doctor Doom taken o- takes taken over a barren, desolate wasteland, and the world's supervillains seized control, including outlaw ghost riders and the bloodthirsty Craven the Hunter. Um, this is being uh, produced in association with Ray- Wave Runner Studios, has been written by Benjamin Percy and directed by Kimberly Senior. Um, it has uh, a podcast run on Sirius XM, as well as being promised for uh, wherever <clears throat> podcasts are, such as Pandora, Stitcher, and basically wherever you're listening to here. And its cast includes uh, Timothy Busfield from The West Wing and For, for Life as Star-Lord, uh, Chris Elliott from Schitt's Creek and Eagle Heart as Rocket, um, Nadine uh, Malouf from High, De- High Fidelity and the Looming Tower as Cora. Uh, Patrick Page uh, from Hadestown and upcoming The Gilded Age as Craven the Hunter. Vanessa Williams from Ugly Betty and Desperate Housewives as Emma Frost. And Danny Glover from Weef- Lethal Weapon and The Color Purple as Red. How are you feeling about heading into the wasteland with um, a podcast about Old Man Quill and Rocket? So mixed feelings here. Um, I'm really up for another podcast. I really like the the Wolverine ones that we had. Um, I really liked uh, the Fantastic Four one that they did, um, especially because you know 
they took advantage of the podcast format. You know, it wasn't just a retelling of a comic book. It was, you know, it felt like a radio drama properly that you were listening to and you were discovering as you went along. So, so really excited about that. Um, Old Man Star-Lord as a concept. Um, so initially, as soon as you say the title, I thought, great, this is Old Man Logan, but in space. Because Old Man Logan has been done perfectly. You don't need to do Old Man Logan again. But if you're going to do it in space, that's really interesting. Um, you know, people age at different rates in space. You know, things are changing different. That's all that kind of stuff would be really interesting. I'm not sure I see the benefits of doing Old Man Star-Lord on Earth. Like, yeah. why are we not just doing Old Man Captain America? Why are we not doing Old Man, someone more interesting than Star-Lord and Rocket? Uh, so, so that's the bit for me that I, I don't get. I guess, I guess Star-Lord is a funny guy he cracks jokes you know logan was very serious in his in his uh podcast um and maybe he didn't want iron man doing that i, I don't know i don't know it's a, it's a strange choice i'm not I, I i've said this before on the show you know i i, I love star lord in the first film and i know the comic star lord has slowly turned into film star lord I'm less of a fan of the character, especially since you know he met Thor and and it just fell, fell apart. And Thor is the funnier, Thor Ragnarok onwards is the funnier character anyway. Um, so I don't I, I don't see the reason for that. I, I don't see why they didn't just decide to do Old Man Logan again because that was great. That was a really interesting story. Uh, but having said that, as I say, it's a radio drama. It's a it's a podcast. Uh, I think they've done really well. I'm I'm here for it. I'll be listening to it as it comes out. I'm excited. No, don't care. Hey. Um, to be yes. honest, I mean, why why are we yes. even bothering with this? I mean, podcasts are great, but why are we going away from you know the timeline that Marvel is currently working on? Why do we need different sort of versions of the same character? Surely Marvel have got you know a whole box full of superheroes characters they could you know develop more and 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 showcase they've got such a backlog you know back catalog of 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 stuff use that you know why why do this so i i don't fully understand that as in tell an existing story is what you're saying okay so we have Star Lord at the moment, don't we, in the Marvel Universe? Yes, and we all know that. Uh, you know, we we saw him in Endgame as this last one, and we know that we're getting a a, a Guardians of the Galaxy three, yes, imminently. Yes. Um, so why are we deviating from that timeline? Well, it's it's just a Marvel. It's a what if story. Yeah, but they've got so many other characters they could sort of develop and showcase. Why are they? Oh, I see what you're saying. So, so why why are they not doing um, Old Man Moon Knight instead of something? Well, well, not even Moon Knight. We know we're getting a Moon Knight series. Mm. You know, Oscar has 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 been training very hard for that. You know, T knows he watches them every night before he goes to bed. Um, (laughs) Exactly. But by that logic, aren't we getting everyone? Are we? So. I mean, well, what's the IP that would A, drive and carry a podcast, and B, we haven't got on the dock somewhere? 
I don't know. There must be some of the characters they've got in the back catalogue they could pull out the bag. So who do you think they're missing? Who would you want the story to be told of? I don't know. Origin story of Baby Groot. But we've seen that. Yeah. No, we haven't. Not not Groot. Where, where's Groot come from? You know, oh, so, so you want oh, right. So, so you want it to build on the MCU. You don't want a what if story. No, right. But so I, you're... I, I quite enjoy. I don't think everything needs to be in one universe, and I also think not everything translates to like the podcast format. Mm. And... But you're an avid comic reader. You're I... you're huge into the Marvel comics. I, I am, yes. Well, is that just not a different storytelling genre in the same way that podcasts are? I mean, the comics and the films aren't aren't telling the same story. Yeah, but in, in okay, so when I'm reading a comic book, I, I this is going to sound really weird, but I I give my characters voices, yeah, and I can okay. I can hear yeah. them in my head. Yeah. So in my head. You know, Venom talks in a certain way. Mm-hmm. I can separate that from Tom you Hardy's know the way Venom. Talk about Turds in the Wind, or <sighs> there we go again. Um, so I, I can separate that, but then you've got this other medium now that's mm. going to give a character a different dimension. So it's two and... max, is that it? Kind of. Because there's also Venom from the Spider-Man, the animated series cartoon that I know you're fond, fond of. Mm. So is it three max? Oh. Uh, I'm not going to be listening. <laughs> so are you using our podcast to come out against podcasts? Is that what this is? <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I think that's fair in regards to kind of, you know, I, 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 it, it's, a, it's a conversation we had with... Um, Constantine, Constantine, on on you know the the DC side, and we've had it a few times with the DC side about um, you know you've got the Jensen Ackles Batman, and you've got the Kevin Conroy Batman, and you've got the different voices coming in at, at, at different points. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I I, I kind of get what you're saying in regards to kind of like you know the recasting of, um, but. It, I mean, I don't think this story gets told any other way. I, I, I think that this is just a different way of, you know, proliferating out and getting a different conversation going. Um, but I mean, I, you know, to to your point, which is both of your points, it doesn't feel the most compelling of stories, does it? Um, so you need you need a character that will sell, right? So you need, and I guess that's MCU. Um, because that's what's going to drive you. Know, no, no one's going to care about. Although the last two podcasts, the last three podcasts, they did weren't MCU. No, that's true. But you did Fantastic Four and Wolverine, so you did yeah. big names. So you could do Spider Man. You could do, uh, but you know, you're, you're not going to do um, Old Man Sasquatch or Old Man North Star. I don't know. I've got Alpha Flight on the plot. That's the only team I can think of. That's not. Yeah, yeah but I mean, to be fair, you, you for Wolverine to turn up. Yeah. You need a big name, and I guess it's Star Lord because he's funny, which makes it different from the previous ones. 
Um, Star Lord and Rocket. So you've got that kind of weird, kind of cranky buddy comedy thing yeah. going. Okay. okay. I think if I dislike Star Lord a little less, and I don't know why I dislike him so much lately, um, I'd be more up for it. Um, and yeah, and also I guess I'm glad they're not just they're not just retelling Old Man Logan, you know, as awesome as the um, uh, the the Sandman podcast was. Part of the reason it was hard to follow is because because of how loyal it was to the to the comics, and you know it wasn't exciting to know what's coming next. Yeah, I, I guess the other bit is though, yeah, and, and we spent you know available in our archives, we spent a long time just absolutely uh, just loving the um, casting for the mm-hmm. Sandman audio audiobook on Audible. Um, I don't think this is inspired casting. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I like all of the people in stuff they've done previously. Um, but, you know, Chris Elliott for me is not who I think is, is a rocket style character. Timothy Busfield, you know, brilliant in the West Wing and various other things, but is, is for me, and, and I loved him in Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, um, is far too straight-laced for me to be Star-Lord. Um, yeah, yeah, they're all, they're all just... They're, they're just a little bit off on the casting for me as well. So it hasn't even got the whole, I can't wait to see what they do with this because they all just feel a little bit flat for me. I mean, even Vanessa Williams, you know, brilliant and ugly Betty has been brilliant in a load of stuff she's done. Um, you know, her song Save the Best to Last is still amazing. Um, doesn't excite me as Emma Frost. And Danny Glover as Red, whoever Red is, again, mm-hmm. there's nothing there that, that overly excites me. And it does feel like the plot is let's take Old Man Logan and twist it ever so slightly. So it's like they wanted to do over my Old Man Logan for whatever reason, couldn't do Old Man Logan. So how do we make it kind of one step away from Old Man Logan? So instead of the the the, the Hulk gang, we've got the Ghost Riders. Mm. Um, you know, and instead of Red Skull, we've got Doctor Doom. And it's all just ever so slightly to the left. Um, and, you know, as you said, T, I mean, I would have preferred to see them rocking around space as like the, the last two Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Um, you know, you could introduce the Cosmic Ghost Rider, which has been a huge, huge Marvel character, and you yeah. know, a really interesting kind of lore of of you know all of the stuff that's gone on with that. Um, you know, y- you could tell the last Thanos story. You could, um, you you know, the, the 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 final burning out of the the star that is Silver Surfer. There are so many characters that you could build through that. Plus, you know, aliens and and as crazy as you want to be, you know, who's been, I mean, if you want something dumb like that, you know, Hulk does get sent off in a Planet Hulk style way and becomes the the god of a a species who worship him and therefore are out to do the the World Breakers, you know, message or something like that. It just feels narrow to take, you know, these two, galactic characters and put them in you know, a wasteland on earth yep uh, i mean just reflecting on the casting again i mean at this point why not just go for 
voice actors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, these are known names, but then, yeah, as you say, they're not naturally the people you see for these characters, so that's fine. Don't do it. Just go with you know, very talented voice actors. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting, but not hugely. Not it feels weirdly kind of basic and and safe. Yeah. Um, the trailer is available on YouTube, so you can have a listen. Uh, and again, didn't really do anything to 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 move me closer on it. Um. I'll, I'll give it a go because I'm, I'm a big fan of, of content and, and, you know, listening as I'm doing various things. But, um, yeah, I, I think this one could be, could be a, a slog. I'm not sure if this is going to turn up on any of our recommendations. I think if they get the humor in it right, it, yeah, it, it, will, it might redeem itself. If they just go... Another gloomy podcast. Yeah. And this is the thing. So, so again, you know, love what Timothy Busfield's been doing. Love what Chris Elliott's been doing. Neither of those. I mean, you know, Shit's Creek is is one of my my finds of a show yeah. over the last year. Yeah. I've talked about it with with you too. You know, huge amount. Brilliant. I've watched it from end to end twice over the last year because it's just lovely. It feels great, and and Chris Elliott as a character who could be, um, the the butt of of every joke is rolling shit, and and you know who could be so, um, could be quite spiteful in it. Bearing in mind he's the he's the mayor of the town that they've had to land in, and all the rest of it. So many ways that could play, but he's played incredibly earnestly. He's played, you know, quite naively, but still kind of with a heart and gold. He's played really well. Um, but there's nothing I've seen Chris Elliott do, um, even thinking to something about Mary and Scary Movie 2 and other films he's done. Neither of them come across as quippy. Yeah. And that's more what we expect from Star-Lord and, and Rocket, is that more yeah. quippy mm-hmm. kind of humour. So it just, yeah, it feels... God. We shall see. We shall it's, see. It's, it is an underdeveloped medium, and I'm excited for more audio stories, I guess. So they're, they're, they don't have a hell of a lot of competition uh, in that sense. Um, I'm always looking for stuff like this, uh, a, a, good, a good story told like this. Um, yeah, cool. Let's see how it goes. I mean, for I'm them, there, I'm here for it. Uh, you know, the first chapter in our larger Marvel's Wastelanders plans with Sirius XM and Peter Quill's story, but only the tip of the iceberg of our new Marvel audio experience. Um, so for them, it's the beginning of something. Mm. Again, I'm not sure if this, you know, if the idea is that, you know, everything's set in this Wastelanders world, then. You know, you, you've not got me interested. And again, you know, part of that's because through through Old Man Logan, through Maestro, through various what-if tales, I've seen this. Mm. 
So, you know, what if Doom won? Uh, I, I saw it was the Secret Wars. It was great. And, you know, what if the, the, the baddies won? I saw that. It was, it was everything we've just listed. Mm-hmm. So what's, I don't quite get what's going to be special from it. We shall find out. It debuts on June the 1st. So we don't have long to, to check in and see. Um, it's nice there's just content coming, actually. It's been so long. A lot of stuff coming out. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's busy. But yes, it does not sound as if it is going to be a recommendation. So let's find out what is. Let's find out what stuff we are actually enjoying and want to tell everyone about. Um, T, do you want to go first? No, because I can't remember what I was going to recommend. <laughs> um, Starman is what you were telling us about. Yes, yeah. that's right. Thank you. <laughs> um, right, so this... <laughs> this is why we pre-show. <laughs> I was desperately looking around my room trying to think, what the fuck was I going to talk about? I'd like to recommend... Carpet. <laughs> Carpet, I think, is great. It doesn't get enough recognition. Carpet Desk is a new superhero. Right, so this is um, <laughs> Starman by um, uh, James Robinson. So this is Jack Knight Starman. This is the unknown Starman. You know you, you know me. You've, you've heard me talk about the sea level. This is he's the ultimate sea level hero, man. But no one knows about him. He's so unknown that during the DC 1 million event. So this is when um, all the superheroes from a million months in the future um, will come back in time and you've got future Batman and future Superman and future Aquaman. They all turn up and it's all really exciting. There's all sorts going on. Um, instead of a future Green Lantern, the future Starman turns up. Uh, and that's really interesting. And then he goes to meet um, uh, the current Starman, uh, who isn't there, but his dad's there, and his dad's really excited. He's there. Uh, so Ted Knight, the original sort of Starman's there, and he's like, "Oh, you know, my son's off adventuring, and so you know, it's so exciting. Is he is he one of the the ultimate heroes? It's so good to see the legacies lived on. Is he is he immortalized?" And Future Starman looks at him and goes, "No, he's entirely forgotten from history. No one remembers anything about him at all whatsoever. I didn't know he existed until you just told me right now." So that's how unknown his legacy is and always was going to be. Uh, so he's the son of this Golden Age superhero, Starman. Um, and he's just kind of, he doesn't want to be a superhero. He's just into like antiques and um, and getting tattoos and just living life and having fun. Um, but uh, his elder brother, who was going to, to be Starman, was murdered. Um, and then who the, the murderer attempts to murder him as well. He ends up getting stuck into it and ending up having to become a superhero um, and has just these great adventures as this kind of reluctant hero. He doesn't get a costume. His costume is basically like a leather jacket and he sort of, you know, gets more tattoos and things as he goes on. He ends up having great big adventures in space. Um, the whole thing's written uh, by James Robinson. I can't quite remember how many issues there are, but um, the whole thing's collected in uh, these beautiful... Um, omnibus editions um uh and the, the art is absolutely absolutely stunning 
B and J. This isn't just a recommendation to our listeners. B and J, I know you've not read an awful lot of this comic. You will absolutely, absolutely love uh, Starman. You'd love his time in Opal City. You will love his time in space. Um, you know, it, it's one of those comics where it's it's very very hard to put down because you're so immersed in, in in their world. And it's you know it's not so. I mean, whilst it is within the DC universe and it is in the world of Batman and Superman, you don't care about any of that. You just care about him very specifically, Jack Knight and his his crazy life as he is this kind of reluctant superhero. Um, so my recommendation to our listeners, but also to my co-hosts is um, Starman by uh, Robinson and Tony Harris. I think I, I I think I've read some of this. Now, this is a Starman who hasn't got the cosmic rod, isn't it? He does. He's got the rod. But that's oh, has he? Got. Yeah. So it's just him in a leather jacket and like some goggles, basically. Oh, okay. It's The art is so stylized. It's Tony Harris's art, right? So it's all kind of... Everything's kind of weird and art deco kind of designs and stuff like that. It's it's bizarre. It's specific. It's gorgeous stuff, honestly, uh, and it's very much worth your time. So it's 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 nineties comics. So, uh, and I know you both are a fan of um, the nineties stuff. This is quite up your street for both of you. If it hasn't got unfeasibly small pockets, and, and then I'm not <laughs> interested. Um, yeah, I mean, really interesting because you know it's 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 a character who. Um, has almost been passed over now with Stargirl and, and her growing mm-hmm. popularity, especially with the uh, JSA mm-hmm. um, series, uh, the Stargirl series. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it's really interesting to, you know, that the, the, it's almost been a fulfilled legacy in the sense that he has almost been forgotten. Well, that's mm-hmm. right. I mean, it's a character who was meant to be passed over. So it's very much James Robinson and Tony Harris's baby just for that period no one's you know i guess intentionally picked up and carried on tried to write that character or ever tried to go back into it mm. and nor would you want them to it is that perfect little say little many many issues it's like i don't know 12 trades or something um uh, arc of 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 this guy very cool definitely one to check out um for my recommendation um I, I thought about a few things, uh, as I always do. Um, I thought about recommending a couple of things, like like B breaks the rules and does. Um, but when it comes down to it, when it comes to recommendations, the rule is there can be only one. Mm-hmm. And so Highlander is my recommendation. It is available on Netflix. Uh, the 1986 film is uh, up to, to watch on Netflix. Um, it is the original Christopher Lambert as Conlon McLeod, the the Scottish Frenchman. Um, he is taught the ways of the immortals by Ramirez. The <laughs> Scottish. <laughs> what? The, 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 Where is he from? The, the, the Spanish Scotsman. Egyptian. Is he, wasn't he an Egyptian? Oh yeah, no, he was as well, wasn't he? So he's called the Spaniard, but actually he was partly Egyptian was at some point, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, but still played just with a Scottish accent. Because um, Sean Connery is not capable of doing an accent. Nor's Christopher Lambert, but but yeah. Why you then don't make this set in in rural France <laughs> yeah. and let the foreigner be a Scotsman who's gone through 
Spain and Egypt rather than like, oh no, he's he's Spanish. Um but yeah, I mean it, it is um it's great. And then obviously you have you know Clancy Brown as Kurgan as well, mm-hmm. um, working through an incredible film, an incredible um mythology that it introduces. Um Highland who then does its best to try and make that as convoluted as possible. Um well, Highlander three is a better sequel to it, isn't it? Yep, yeah, and and Highlander four is even better um, <laughs> because it starts reintroducing Adrian Paul as as yeah, Duncan McLeod say. from the TV show, and and he takes over. I um, think Adrian Paul is the better Highlander, to be honest. Ooh. I, I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. Do you guys ever watch the um, the cartoon? No. Oh, that was also a good one. So they they couldn't. They couldn't behead the Highlanders because it was a kids' cartoon, but still, <laughs> they just—you'd absorb the power of another Highlander. I think it was set slightly in the future, the like kind of post-apocalyptic kind of world. Um, yeah, it was good stuff. It was back in the day where you know really gory film, eighteen-rated films got kids' cartoons, like RoboCop, like RoboCop and various Cop. other ones. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, it it made perfect sense. I had loads um, of Terminator toys and all sorts. Yeah. Um, but yes, so uh, Highlander, I mean, you know, it is, uh, from every single part, it's brilliant. Um, an incredibly good soundtrack. Maybe we'll talk about that again sometime mm. soon. Um, but yeah, check it out on Netflix, Highlander. Ka-ching. Is this one that you watch back to back with uh, Wheel Rocky, not Wheel Rocky, sorry, with Bohemian Rhapsody? <laughs> I've not watched Bohemian Rhapsody yet. So the great thing, I think, about <laughs> one of the great things about this film isn't just the soundtrack is, is is Queen. If they make they make excuses to play the song, so like every bar he'll go into happens to have a Queen song on the jukebox. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, but it also has some of the most it's, amazing Queen songs that there are. It does. It does. Um, but yes, Highlander. Um, B, what's your recommendation? Right. So my recommendation is a Star Wars recommendation. Um, available now on Disney Plus. Um, it's Bad Batch. Um, so there's three episodes uh, available right now for you to watch back to back. But they are dropping every Friday. Um, and it's a great series, I say, follow on from uh, Clone Wars, um, which I've loved. Um, and this is done beautifully. Uh, the animation is, is slick. Storytelling is very good. Um, and it's enjoyable. Let's give it a try. Do you want to give a little bit of, of a background to who the Bad Batch are and how it fits in? Yep. So uh, without giving spoilers away for those people who intend to watch it, um, Bad Batch is a group of, um, how can I, put it stormtroopers um who are um mutated uh, slightly um and they are assigned various um, they've got all uh, like a set skill um and they come together to um fight i'm trying to be very spoiler free no, I, I don't uh, think you need to be because uh, sort of the areas you're talking about this is all known stuff anyway this is mm. stuff that you find out previously it's not specifically from the show okay so it's it's um 
it's about about these uh, five guys and their journey to um, um, redemption, shall we say, slightly. So they're a batch of clones because it was all clone troopers. Yeah, but yeah. they're kind of they're a weird batch. Basically, they're not exactly the same as everyone else. They're literally the bad batch of clones, and it means they've got slightly these weird mutations. Mm. And I don't think it's a spoiler to say. Um, you know, when Order 66 happens and all the clones uh, do what they've been ordered to do, these guys don't, don't yeah. for whatever reason, and possibly because of the mutation, but for whatever reason, they don't. And we follow their journey from then onwards. Yeah. I'm we, not... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, it's just like an elite squad within within the, yeah. you know, forces. And it's, it's interesting to see their, their interaction and their... Um, how they question uh, their orders. It's quite interesting. So I, I'm, I've been watching this weekly, so I've not seen all of Clone Wars and I've not seen all of Rebels. I've seen some of both. Um, but this one coming out as the new thing, I thought I'd watch it weekly as it drops as well. I really enjoyed the pilot. I think it was almost an hour long or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, it's been a real struggle. And it's been my Friday show as well, because it's, it's the only thing that's been dropping on Friday since since um, Winter Soldier ended, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier ended. Um, I, I, I feel like they don't, they're not sure who they're going for as an audience. So you've got these kind of two stories, I think. Um, so that much like the other sort of, um, um, Essentially, there's a there's a child character, mm-hmm. and then you've got these kind of these rough guys looking after the child character, the development of the child character, and that's very much like a kids show. And she's going through, you know, uh, and they're going through their sort of their innocence, and you know, do you want to be with these guys, or do you want to be alone, or do you want to be, you know, in safety? And it's 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 not so that's fine. That's a kids cartoon. That's that kind of story, fine. And at the same time, there's this real dark B story or, or, or parallel story running. Uh, where it is um, the end of the Clone Wars. It is, you know, it is uh, Sol Guerrero. It's the Empire. It's the uh, Republic turning into the Empire. It's killing all the um, all, 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 all the innocent civilians and things like that. It's really dark. Um, and the way it's kind of jumping back and forth from one to the other is quite strange to me. Um, and the, the more kiddie part of it works even less for me because I'm like, no, 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 show me this other stuff. That's real serious stuff that's going on. You know, you've just sent you've just sent soldiers to go and kill a bunch of innocents. That's re- that's huge implications there. But no, suddenly they'll flick back to um, oh hey, yo, I'm I'm gonna be braver now. I'm learning to be mm-hmm. brave. You know what I mean? Um mm-hmm. and, and that's it I, go with one or the other. It's very strange the way it's jumping back and forth. So, that, so it's hard for me to kind of stay interested. So whilst it's my Friday show, it's not a show I necessarily finish on a Friday. I'll watch a bit of it and kind of get bored and then maybe go back to it later in the week. Um, I, wish it, I, I wish it was a bit better. And I wish it just picked pick what it was doing, you know. Is this a Mandalorian-style, um, you know, sort of slightly darker show? Great. Or is this uh, more akin to sort of rebels, where it's, it's it's lighter and it's about you know a child becoming brave and and, and gaining their, their themselves and finding themselves, which is also great. It doesn't mesh. This isn't something I could watch with my daughter 
but it's also not something I'm interested in watching alone. Yeah, so I've not started Bad Batch yet. Um, I'm two-ish episodes away from the end of Clone Wars on my first watch through. I'd caught random episodes, but I'd never like watched it properly. Um, so I've just had the introduction of the Bad Batch um, and the uh, the recruitment of Echo into their ranks. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and now I'm into the episodes of the Clone Wars that runs parallel with um, uh, Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know the the the, the concurrent storytelling um, alongside that. So, um, you know, uh, uh, Obi Wan and Anakin have had just to stop what they're doing and, and jump to Coruscant because uh, Grievous is attacking Coruscant, which is the mm-hmm. beginning of of um, of the film um so i've not started watching this yet but it does feel like it's from the bits that i've seen and the very spoilerific bits i've seen it feels like it's trying to lay the groundwork to dock into the mandalorian and into rebels and into some of the others and it feels like it's a love letter slash plot hole remover more than anything else um, from the outside, from from you know someone seeing kind of snippets on on social media about it and things like that. Um, but I'm excited to get to get to it now that I'm coming to the end of Clone Wars. And Clone Wars, I felt was quite a slog. My my opinion of Clone Wars changed in series five and six. Um, up until that point, I thought there were some good episodes, but it just quite felt quite samey and quite kind of um, uh, just repetitive at points. Um, but I like what Clone Wars has done over five and six because it has added some depth. It's added some wrinkles. It's added some some character development. Um, you know, you can see. The, you know they, they've done a good job of showing the descent of Anakin, his anger getting the better of him, his you know his very kind of blunt way of doing things starting to make more sense. Um, they've made it kind of clear that Obi Wan knew about Anakin and and Padme, mm. um, which was really good because uh, you know you a little bit less of you know being the idiot on some of these things. Um, They've made it clear that the Jedi Order had concerns about Anakin and Padme and kind of recognised that maybe some of this was going on. Um, and we've seen more of Darth Sidious and and how it all works through and kind of a little bit more about, you know, why this clone army was suddenly ordered by someone and things like that. So I've, I've been really impressed with the storytelling of the last two series, um, as well as some weird filler episodes. Um, but yeah, big chunks of one to four I found was a bit of a, a drag. That was a Dave, Dave Filoni learning, and then he got mm. better and better. One thing I, I quite liked, I think, about Bad Batch when you mentioned this kind of plot hole fixing thing, um, my worry about uh, the Obi Wan series film trilogy, I can't remember what it is now, series, series was that, hey, we've seen a lot of the Obi-Wan adventures in the comics, and the comics are canon. 
Um, well, guess what? They're not. So um, the very start of Bad Batch uh, has a scene which is in the Kanan Jarrus comic, um, uh, which is canon, but it's written slightly. It's it's you see it slightly differently in the show, and so sat, now we're getting to a point where actually canon can be replaced, and you know there's going to be levels, and obviously shows will trump. Um, comics uh so that makes me excited that the obi-wan series won't have to rely on what's happened in the comics we'll basically turn the comics out and go with what's on the show so that's quite cool i have a question for both of you guys and what was palpatine trying to achieve with what the fuck was palpatine trying to achieve and did he achieve anything what was his goal here scrap power that was it. That was the whole thing, right? There was nothing beyond yeah. that. He wasn't. I just want to rule the galaxy. That's it. Full stop. Yep. And he did it for a bit, and then he didn't. It isn't. The then he got thrown down the exhaust. It, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. No, because the, the Sith can't be reborn because of the rule of two. Yeah. So that's and it all wasn't to create an endless legacy. It was just power, full stop. Power for the yep. sake of power. Yep, just just pure, unadulterated. I want to be the ruler of everything. And he did for about thirty years or something. Yeah. Okay. That's weak source, man. <laughs> or just singular in his vision. Yeah. There was you something know. around. He was aware of. I think this is legends now. But he was aware of this external threat. Was it the Chiss? I can't remember. Um, and that's why he was trying to militarize the galaxy to, to save them from this invasion. Um, I liked that theory, but again. Doesn't that humanize him, though? Does that not make him a protector rather than. I guess the other part was it wasn't just power, but it was destroying the Jedi and discrediting the Jedis mm. um, in that ancient battle between Sith and Jedi. Um, yeah, is it not the risk that that you know if he's if he's trying to shore up the defence about this this more evil evil from outside the outer rim? I think I think the rule of two has done more damage than the the midi chlorines. I think the rule of two was an interesting concept for a bit, but making it a solid rule, you know, it's it's dumb. Well, you say a solid rule, and I mean, it's explained in the Clone Wars about, you know, basically all the Sith were so bloodthirsty and power hungry that they just kept fighting amongst themselves. They couldn't rally behind anything, which is why you ended up kind of streaming down and Darth Bane introduced the rule of two, because that way you keep that kind of power structure tight. But um, throughout, there's more than two. But so it's, it's constantly, oh yeah, I'm going to train the next one. Yeah. Oh, whoops, you know, Sidious has killed me because he likes the next one. For fuck's sake. And and I am Darth Tyrannus. I am apprentice to Darth Sidious, and therefore that is the two. However, I also am the master to this apprentice, so mm. that's the two as well. Um, so it's this weird kind of, you know, there will only ever be two, a master and an apprentice, but that's actually in every relationship not just yeah. overall 
So I can't have six apprentices, but, you know, I can be your apprentice and then have an apprentice of my own. You can then have an apprentice of their own. All very odd, but Bad Batch is dropping every Friday and maybe by the end of the weekend, I, I, I will be caught up and watching these as they drop on Fridays as well. So are you going to do Rebels before you do Bad Batch? <sighs> no. Okay. I suppose Rebels is set further in the future. It is, and I've done... I, I've dabbled with Rebels. So I, I know roughly what happens in Rebels. I've seen key episodes of Rebels. Um, I know where Rebels starts and where Rebels ends. Mm. So I think Bad Batch makes sense because it's it's A new, B fits the timeline, and C, well, I suppose C is new again, really. Um, uh, but yeah, so it will be um, at the end of Clones, then into Bad Batch, and then I'll see I'll see if I re, re, redo Rebels and fill in the gaps that I had, or try Resistance, or just hope for something different. But you will hear all about my TV viewing next week and probably every week there on after. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for getting involved with the conversation at Geeking in Pod. Um, and we will speak to you again next week. Bye-bye. Adios. Cheerio.